Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. If you would like to hear or suggest a topic, please DM me at two inches off the ground or email me at freespiritpodcasts, that's with an S, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Just a reminder, I'm taking down two enlightened bitches on May 1st to make room for my new podcast, which I'll start work on later this week. You all should know that Apple Podcasts is moving to a new beta program, so there could be some lag time or issues with this move. It's happening soon, so if you don't see my podcast drop on the normal day and time on Apple Podcasts, and that normal day and time, as you know, is Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, then please note it's Apple Podcasts, it's not me. You can also listen to this podcast on Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, Google, and basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Also check out freespiritpodcasts.com where I created metaphysical digital products and services for you from the highest good. And it's a great way to support this podcast. That's freespiritpodcasts.com. Today's topic is metaphysical lessons I would tell my younger self. I thought this would be a good topic because we learn at any age. You may be listening to this and think, well, I'm older than Jennifer, so I've already learned these lessons, but maybe you haven't. I know that I'm always learning and growing, so sometimes it helps to reflect and see what I can pass on to others, right? So let's start. Lesson one, it's okay to marry later in life. With my generation, The desired norm was to be married in your late 20s and have a baby around 30. Everyone I knew from college did this, but I never felt that was right for me, despite the societal norm and people around me choosing this. This is where I felt my intuition really guided me, perhaps where I had, you know, 14 kids in a past life and no time to myself, I have no idea. But even as a young girl, I knew in my gut I wasn't meant to be a mother and I listened to it. So that brings me to the marriage part. I also intuitively felt that I wouldn't marry until 40 years old. And guess what? I married exactly at age 40. For me, that was one of the best choices I've made in my life because my husband and I had already done a lot of growing and learning. So at age 40, for me, and him at age 57, we both knew at that point exactly who we were and what we wanted. He also has a grown-up child, so on his side, there was never any thought of, you know, I'm losing out on being a father, being with you. And that's a real thing. I've seen it. When I tried to online date in my late 30s, it was definitely something that took me by surprise how many men were very honest in their online profiles and saying, you know what, I'm looking for someone who wants to be a mother now, I wanna be a father now, and I'm ready. You know, a good example for me is with my ex-fiance. After we broke up, the first thing he did was get married and have a baby. So there you go, God bless. 
The reason I'm making this a metaphysical lesson is because we can be easily swayed by living in a 3D world. I know I was. It's good to listen to your intuition and to ask source what the 4D or 5D response is to these major life decisions. And you know, they could be very alternative, off the beaten path answers, which many of us get, I'm sure, or they may actually align with the 3D world. Maybe you are that person who wants to have a baby by 30 and be married and you know have the whole dream, and that's great too. When you're not aligned with source for these big decisions, it can cause regret. And you know, I do want to say in the metaphysical world, I say this all the time in the podcast, everything happens as it should. I've had women tell me that when they've hit 50, their biggest regret is they never had kids. But then interestingly enough, I've had the opposite. I've had mothers tell me, I think because they feel comfortable because I'm not a mother, I wish you know I hadn't lived by those societal norms and had kids. Motherhood is not for me and it's never been for me. That's what I've, uh, they've confessed to me and it's been eye-opening. But the funny thing about that is that these moms who've said that to me often make really good grandparents. So again, everything happens as it should. Another way to look at this also is, let's say you're an older person who's getting divorced, middle-aged, older, and you've gotten divorced, you've taken a beat, and you're starting to enter the dating pool. And this can be a really positive time in your life to date. I know society says it's really negative and blah, 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 but it actually can be really positive because you at that point really know who you are. You have a lot of life experience knowing what you don't want and figuring that out. And at that point in your life, you can say, okay, I know what I want, I know who I am, and I know what I want out of a partner. And also, many times, I've also had my kids. It can be a really fun time to start dating. So no matter what age, if you listen to that source voice inside of you, you will never go wrong. Lesson two, know your energy limits. What I mean by that is if you're someone like me who, well, unknowingly, but now I know, absorbs other people's energy easily, there are certain life situations you may want to rethink. For me, that was college. I know people who absolutely love their college experience, and for me, it was okay. If I had known the energy from others around me was making me feel so anxious, I would have skipped living in the dorms which I don't know how I would have done that because my college, you had to live in the dorms until you were senior. So I don't know how I would have gotten around that. But anyway, so it was just too much anxious energy in the dorms for me. And during college, I can say I hardly slept. I was a raging insomniac. And you know, we all do the same thing in college. We all do the work and go to class. But beyond that, I was waking up at, and I put waking up in air quotes, at 4.30 a.m. to be at crew or rowing practice at 5 a.m. I was involved in other activities. I worked. I had no idea, looking back, how I survived. Truly, I really don't. My last semester of college, for some reason I remember this, I scheduled all my classes on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. 
So I could just rest a little bit and I actually stopped doing crew. I remember feeling very overwhelmed and exhausted and I couldn't wait to graduate. When I did graduate, 10 days later, I went into the Peace Corps and I spent a lot of time in that country being by myself and resting. Now, I want to say I don't avoid life, okay? I grocery shop, I walk around town, I eat in restaurants, I meet with friends, I volunteer at the local food pantry, I do all of that. But I do tend to avoid huge crowds such as concerts, large sporting events, uh, going to Rockefeller Center at Christmas time in the city. I avoid all of those things. And obviously with COVID, it's been so much easier to do that. It's just not worth it for me. Let's say down the line, I do want to be that person who shops in a superstore or be comfortable being in a large crowd or going to a concert or something like that. I will build those metaphysical skills, those energy skills to help me not absorb all of that energy. And I know I have that in my back pocket and I know I have that resource and I can do that. But right now I am accepting my energy limits. Lesson three, if it's too hard, let it go. This one my husband taught me and it's exactly as it sounds. There's so many situations in life where I just wasn't working with source and I wasn't going with the flow. I was pushing against the flow and it did not turn out well. <laughs> I would try a situation every which way to get the intended result and it, again, didn't turn out well from relationships to living situations to jobs. A good example is buying a home. We looked in another state and we put in three offers on three homes and all of them fell through. We decided to move to New York and within two weeks we were in contracts on our current home, which fulfilled my husband's desire of raising cows again, as you know about the cows, and my dream of living in my desired metaphysical area. So once I surrendered to the universe, and I have to say it was me, it was not him, because I was just being cheap <laughs> and I just wanted to buy a house that would cost literally $2 a month and it wasn't in an area that I wanted, but I felt that was a sacrifice. And he said, you know, the universe doesn't want us to be here. My husband said that to me. He does, it doesn't want us to be here. So we need to move locations. This isn't working and we can go way up in price range. And that's what we did. And that's how we found our current home, which we're so happy in. So once I surrendered to the universe and was in the flow, everything was so easy. So now when I keep trying something every which way and it isn't working out, I let it go. For example, I've been trying to find a very part-time farmhand for our farm. And uh, the last person I talked to wanted, I kid you not, $75 an hour for shoveling cow crap. I know people who have their master's degrees who don't make $75 an hour. So that was just outrageous. I thought it was actually kind of funny. And uh, yeah, I let that one go because, and I kept trying and, and nothing was coming through. And what I realized is now that I'm feeling better health-wise and it's getting nicer out, I will help with some of the farm chores and it's much easier physically on me. Also, another good example 
is divorce because I just know a lot of people who are going through this situation and it's a tricky one, right? You're in a legal battle. There are a lot of emotions involved. I completely understand that. You want everything you're entitled to. Again, I understand that, especially if you have children involved. But I'm asking you, is there any way you can let go of some of the situation or part of the situation or a very small part of something that's really not healthy with the situation? Or do you just surrender to this situation? You have to ask yourself because it's not worth it to just be miserable for two years, you know, while you're going through this process. So you can ask yourself, what can I surrender in this? Just a little bit. I'm not saying give up your rights. I'm not saying, you know, don't take care of yourself and your family financially. I'm I'm certainly not saying that, but I'm saying, what can you do? What can you surrender to make yourself a little bit happier? So if it's too hard and you constantly are hitting a wall with an experience or a situation, let it go. Lesson four, if it looks too perfect, it definitely is. This lesson I've known for such a long time, probably since my 20s, I would watch people I know or even celebrities just put up a really good facade. And I can tell you I've done it. I've done it. I remember in my 20s when I was at some low points and people were asking me, you know, oh, how's your job? If I hadn't seen them in a while, how's your job? How's your life? How's this? And I say, oh, everything's great. I love this. I love that. When it was absolute BS, but I I put up that facade. I'm not going to lie. So no judgment there by any stretch of the means. And I can go on and tell you so many negative examples, but I don't want to do that. I think the biggest example is social media in general, how people try to project themselves as perfect, which is so dangerous. It really is. It's very dangerous to your psyche. And if you're someone that is doing this, you might want to ask yourself why you're doing this, what you get out of it, how do you feel when you do it, and does it align with your metaphysical principles? A couple good metaphysical examples of actually not doing this and showing yourself as the whole imperfect being the first one is Deborah Graham. I've talked about her before. She's a serious XM psychic. She's awesome. And if you listen to her program, she's vulgar. She curses her brains out. She has no problem telling people she's been around the block. She does not try to project herself as the guru, the, the know-it-all psychic in any way, shape, or form. And that's something that I really appreciate and I like about her. I've had a private reading with her and she's absolutely the same. So there was no facade to break down. I was very impressed by that. Another idea, and this is kind of a a little silly one, but I like this one. With visualization, often it can get sometimes competitive when people visualize, they get really caught up in the perfection of it. Okay, I have to you know, visualize this perfect crystal palace and I'm walking in in this perfect outfit and my hair looks perfect and and the colors, the metaphysical colors around me have to be perfect and, and it gets a little much when you visualize and I, I've gotten caught up in it and I've heard other people have. So it was really funny because it might have been on the Oprah Eckhart Tolle podcast, A New Earth, I can't remember, 
they ask someone, what is your ideal place that you go to in your mind that just makes you happier and the most peaceful you can possibly be? And this woman's answer, I loved it. She said, my bed, that's it. She just said, my bed, where I sleep. And I thought that was the best answer because it wasn't, I walk into a crystal cave and I meet with this bean and we have tea and you know, she wasn't doing that. She's just saying, hey, my bed. So I love that. This idea of perfection is very rooted in the 3D world and has no substantial metaphysical basis to it. We as metaphysical people are rooted in the whole being, the whole experience. Source understands we are not perfect. We make mistakes. Things happen and that's okay. From the metaphysical accounts I follow on Instagram, the people display themselves as the full whole beings who show all aspects of themselves, what we would label as both good and bad. There's no egoic idea of perfection attached. And what I love when I follow these accounts, and you can look at my Instagram account and see who I follow, if they're having a bad day or a bad six months or whatever it is, they don't post in a negative way. It's not negative. It's not venting. It's more saying, hey, I'm going through this bad time and um, this is the lesson and the sole lesson I'm learning from it and I'm making my way through it and I just want everyone to know because you may be going through it too. And I just, I love the way that's been done, especially in COVID. So again, if it looks too perfect, it is, and be careful on social media especially. Lesson five, to thy own self be true. Yes, that is Shakespeare, so I can use my English major degree today. <laughs> Source actually told me to say this when I asked for the last lesson I wanted to share. Whatever decision you make, be yourself, be true to your values, and that includes your metaphysical values, which most likely come first for all of us. If you say, you know what, I want my family to come first, they should come first. Well, guess what? Your family's part of the collective, so that just means you want the collective to come first, and that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty cool thing to think about, and that's a strong metaphysical value. And by doing these things, you're living a life where you're truly connected to source, and hopefully we are all ascending to two inches off the ground. I really enjoyed doing this episode. And as long as I'm entertained, that's all that matters, really. <laughs> there may be a Lessons 2 episode somewhere down the pipeline when I've learned more. We shall see. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.